Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. With Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase in our brand new Unsportsmanlike beautiful studios. Thank you to everybody involved. ESPN Radio, ESPN2 presented by Progressive Insurance for these brand new studios. And Happy New Year to everyone. Just for today, CC has let it be known. Tomorrow we are not saying Happy New Year. Which only means all of the great fans of Unsportsmanlike are going to call in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN tomorrow. And wish you a happy new year. You have done this while you are a thousand percent right in what you're saying. Mm. You have now brought this upon yourself for tomorrow and the rest of the week. You know that. You know Our what fans you've are done not to yourself. Do that. Our fans are not going to do that to me. They're not going to do that. <laughs> okay. They're not going to frustrate me that like that to that end. We're going to get oh. 2024 started on the right foot, Evan. We're not going to invite that kind of nonsense, okay? We're not doing that. Oh, they're not going to do that to you, CC, just like they didn't tweet you Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, see why you got to bring up old stuff, Smalls. <laughs> Are we still wishing him a happy Thanksgiving? That's twenty twenty three stuff. We yeah, in twenty twenty four. It's past. a whole new year. All in the past. A preemptive a happy Thanksgiving year. now for November of twenty four is what we're now going to do <laughs> for CC. All right, uh, national championship is set. Michigan and Washington, the two undefeated teams. Let's start with the first game, guys. Michigan and Alabama, twenty seven twenty overtime victory. Michigan was up thirteen ten to the half. Alabama took a second half lead, but. Everyone is talking about the end of the game, the final play, where Alabama had the ball. The game was 27-20 Michigan in overtime. It's fourth and goal from the three-yard line, and they ran a straight quarterback draw with Jalen Milrow. Now, let's put this in perspective here. Milrow was excellent in running the football during the course of the game, ran for 63 yards. Also, they had a, a real difficult time in terms of the snap from the center to the quarterback here. Alabama's best feature in this game, certainly their special teams. We all we hear it all the time in football, all three phases. Michigan's defensive front dominant in the first half with five sacks in that first half. J.J. McCarthy came through when he needed to. Three touchdowns in this game, and Blake Corum uh, was great with a late touchdown, 17-yard run to take that 27-20 lead in overtime. But, CC, everybody is focusing on that one play. Did yeah. Alabama do it right in your mind? Uh, yeah, I thought the, the, the right idea was there. I mean, you want to have the, the ball in Jalen Milrow's hands. You want the game to end that way. I just didn't understand why it had to be a dedicated run play and why it couldn't have been a run pass option. I mean, you, you've had opportunities for success with moving the pocket in the second half of that game, getting Jalen Milrow away from the blitz that overwhelmed that offensive line in the first half, and they just got away from that in that moment. Now, I know everybody's going to point to that play and say that's where Alabama lost the game. It's not where Alabama lost the game. Alabama lost the game when they did not capitalize off of the missed field goal that Michigan had. They, they had the ball. They're up 20 to 13. Uh, I mean, they're up 17, 13, and they had an opportunity to work the ball down. 
and, and try to get a touchdown rather than settling for a field goal. But the fact that they had to settle for a field goal and it stayed at a one-possession game instead of going up 24 to 13, you go up 20 to 13. To me, that's where the game was decided. Remember, Jalen Milrow had that fumble. Yep. Michigan gets the ball at midfield. They missed the field goal. I thought that was where Alabama could have seized control of the game, and they did not do it. They had a substitution penalty that cost them five yards. Then they ended up taking a sack. So instead of being able to walk, work the ball inside of the 30, they had to settle for a long field goal. To me, that that's where the game was decided, the fact that they weren't able to close out Michigan when they had a chance after being outplayed for you know essentially three full quarters in the semifinals. So to me, that that was the opportunity that Alabama missed, and Michigan took advantage of that with Alabama leaving the door open. I love that point, CC, because remember that also on that setup, so they had the Milrow fumble up 17-13, as you mentioned. Then Michigan had the botch flea flicker. Remember that? Yes. Where oh, Corum yes, was like, yes. the, the defense was coming in, and Corum quickly, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of the flea flicker done right. Like, I actually think it really works most of the time. But they botched that big time. Bama had to then, you know, Bama then gets the ball back. They settle for that 52-yard field goal. Michigan then answers, to your point, with a 75-yard drive, including the fourth and two, right, that they went for on their own 30-yard line or whatever it was. That that series there, all those things, I think that's a great point, CeCe, because we're all going to focus on that last play. But what happens if that goes differently and Alabama goes up two scores in that spot? We're not talking about an overtime QB dive in that spot, Smalls. Yeah, absolutely. Michigan had some miscues in this game, and Alabama at times took advantage of them. But in, in any other scenario, you would really look at Alabama being able to capitalize on those throughout the game and, and make a difference. We're always going to talk about the last play of the game because that's where it ended. And it seemed to be a bad play. But I do understand the thought process of having Jalen Milrow run the ball in because that has been what was working for him. But that Michigan defense has just been tops in the country the entire season. They were amazing last night, six sacks. And they got the they got the best of him in that moment. Yeah, and I thought that Jalen Milrow struggled in the first half mightily in terms of reading the defense and reading where the rush was yes. coming from, CC, yes. Like, you've been in that spot rushing a quarterback where you probably know, oh, he doesn't know where it's coming from. Yeah. No, he couldn't see the field. And, that, and that's why I was surprised that Michigan's second-half adjustment defensively involved you know, playing more standardized looks. Uh, I mean, having more four-man front as opposed to having linebackers and safeties walked up and blitzing from different um, different sides of the line of scrimmage. I, I just I didn't understand why Michigan let the pressure off. They blitzed him 17 times in the game yesterday, nine pressures and five total sacks. So five of their six sacks came off of the blitz. Why on God's earth would you relent when it came to that? It wasn't like you were worried about the receivers from Alabama beating you downfield just because it didn't seem like Jalen Milrow was willing to win from the well, which means throw the ball from the pocket against the blitz. He couldn't see the defense. Then you made it easy on him by taking the pressure off, and that's where he was able to settle in in that second half. So, to me, Michigan made that game a lot closer than it had to be, but I will give credit where credit is due. Having veteran leadership in that locker room, having a head coach in Jim Harbaugh, you saw that come up big for them down the stretch in that game. And I can't say enough about how well Blake Corum played down the stretch. Remember, that last drive that they needed in the fourth quarter – Blake Corum really got it started with that explosive, that 30-yard catch and run that probably could have went for more had it not been for a black in the black, block in the back by Roman Wilson. But then Roman Wilson comes up with a great play too. But, I mean, Blake Corum doing that 
in that final drive in the fourth quarter and then doing what he did at the start of overtime with the two two rushing uh, plays and one for a touchdown. I, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal, over 100 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. To me, he should have been the MVP of the game, not J.J. McCarthy, but that, uh, that's neither here nor there. I thought the veteran leadership on Michigan really stepped up when they needed them most. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dots of Prepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dots of Prepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Did you have an issue with that final play by Bama? They didn't do the run-pass option. They were going to give the ball to Milroy, run straight ahead there. Or do you think that Bama lost it earlier in the game, like CeCe mentioned, by not capitalizing on that missed field goal by Michigan? Now, Michigan... I believe all the pressure on them to win a national championship. That's not meant to slight Washington. It probably comes off as a slight to Washington. It is not meant to be that. As Washington holds on and beats Texas 37-31, they had a two-score lead. Texas comes all the way back. They had the ball, Quinn Ewers and company late, where on a fourth down and 11 from the 13-yard line with one second to go, they had a chance to win the game. And, of course, they do not. Michael Penix Jr., 430 yards, two touchdowns. Guys, he was amazing in this game. Proved that he should be a first-round pick in the draft. And now we have an undefeated Big Ten team against an undefeated Pac-12 team in Houston Monday night for the championship. Well, I'll say this, Ev. The the two games being as closely contested as they were with both of them coming down to the final play, I think that just shows that the committee got it right with the final four teams and the top two teams in the college football playoff rankings are meeting in the national championship game. So credit to them for being able to pull that off. And then credit to Washington. I mean, another spot where they're an underdog, uh, even though they have an undefeated record to show for their regular season. I just think they, they just continue to prove the naysayers wrong, might I add. But uh, I, I just I, – I, I, will, I will say this. I, I just – I'm thinking about how NIL in the transfer portal has led to Washington being in the spot that they're in right now and thinking to myself, how could that not be great for college football? And at the same time, thinking of the NIL and transfer portal being the undoing of the dynasty that we've known Alabama to be. Uh, Guys, uh, in watching that game yesterday and just thinking about what's going on around the SEC and around Nick Saban specifically, I think he's done winning national titles. I know it's almost blasphemous to suggest that, but just it, it feels like NIL and Transfer Portal have basically balanced the scales when it comes to the balance of power in the college football landscape. The advantage that Alabama has been able to have with recruiting five-star after five-star, it just doesn't seem as, as dramatic anymore just because everybody is seemingly caught up because of how quickly they can turn over their rosters. Think about what Georgia has turned themselves into. Think about what we're seeing from Michigan. Think about what's happening right now with all of these other programs just rising up. Nobody had it on the board that Washington would be as good as they are this year in playing for a national title, but they are because they were able to get Michael Penix Jr. to transfer from Indiana. So I just think when we start looking at the landscape of college football, it's changing as we know it, and I think – Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide are going to be left on the outside looking in of that change when it comes to winning at the highest level of the sport. They might not be as dominant as they were winning championships, but I in no way think that they're done. I mean, they're arguably one play away from being in another national title game. And Nick Saban not only can attract the talent, but he can execute. And just because you can collect a lot of players in the transfer portal doesn't mean that you can find that cohesion or that you can execute in the same way. And I I think the fact that Alabama was right there with Michigan and arguably could have and should have won that game last night tells me that Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide aren't going anywhere. Well, and I mean... This may be dumb, but 
I'll pick them to win the national championship next year. <laughs> and the, the reason I say that is because Jalen Milrow is going to have a full offseason not competing for a job, but growing and developing where what happened in the first half last night won't happen again. He'll, rec- he'll study so much tape as an Alabama quarterback. Like, that guy's a sophomore. He's coming back next year. They have their starting quarterback of a college football semifinal team one play away from potentially going to a second overtime if they make the kick, which I'm sure they would have in that spot with their kicker. But, like, they have him coming back. And when this sport is so dependent on the quarterback position, I don't know. I kind of look at it and say I'd, I'd blindly pick them next year, not having any idea who's coming back. Now, but CeCe, let me follow up on this. But I mean, you do it, know that Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC too, right? Oh, you I know, know that, I know. You do know that's happening. I right? know. But let me let me ask <laughs> okay. let me ask you this part of it. And Deontay Lawson, by the way, who was great, I thought in that game, there linebacker is a sophomore as well. Here's the question I have for you on this: Are you is part of you thinking that maybe Saban is not going to buy into the transfer portal NIL the way other coaches are, and he's going to resist it? Is that part is like does that go into your thinking at all with this or no? No, well I, I guess I'm saying that because Alabama relied on players being willing to come there, five-star prospects and sit and bide their time behind other five-star prospects because you knew that if you played for Nick Saban, you had a really good chance of going to the National Football League. Now you don't have to do that. With the transfer portal, you can play immediately. With NIL, like these guys are getting paid a lot of money. If you want to play now, you can. And you can be competitive. And Alabama's not the only place that you can go to be a high draft pick. That, I guess that's my whole point. Like now there's, there's no longer that advantage of, hey, if you come play for Nick Saban, if you come wait a couple of years until you get on the field, you're going to be a draft pick. You don't, you don't have to do that anymore. And now they're not the dominant program in college football. They're not even a dominant program in their conference. That's Georgia. So I just, I, I get it. I understand that they were right there with Michigan and competing for a chance to go play for the Natty, but I, I just I don't see them getting any closer than what we've already seen them this year in the past couple of years. I just don't think it's going to happen for Alabama. I don't think it's going to happen for Nick Saban just because of all of the other moving pieces around NIL and these other programs being able to offer bags of cash to high school players and to players in the transfer portal. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, in our brand new Unsportsmanlike studios. Joined by Jeff Saturday, <laughs> ESPN NFL analyst. You like it? I love it. I love it. This thing looks right. Yeah. I mean, my favorite two parts about it is, one, how beautiful it is, and two, that Canty still hasn't been here. I mean, you know what I mean? I just, let, me, let me just explain to y'all the, the hierarchy of an NFL locker room. You see that D-line? That's D-line money right down where he is. This is We're in the O-line room right here. Michelle, y'all like, we're in the O-line room. He's in a, they're in a different stratosphere. You know, they do pairs. They do some different things. They live life wow. a little differently than the rest of okay. us. You know what I mean? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I, mean, I didn't know that. Wow. I mean, you can't hide it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kenji's trying to hide it, but he can't hide it. It just it's his wow. in him, man. I, I can't believe Jeff Saturday is taking it there, man. I cannot believe <laughs> Jeff. You're being a bad guy. You're starting 2024 off the wrong way. That's my how friend. we got to do it. January man. two, baby. Bring man. it. Man. Oh, Any response it. to that, or that's it, Cece? That's what you're going to. There's nothing else that's I can it. say. I'm not going to say that. He knows. Oh, it. No, no, he, no, knows. No, no, no. he don't open Heart it up. Don't open it up. All right, let's talk about the national championship semifinals yesterday. Um, you played center in the NFL for a long period of time. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that snapping the ball is easy. Did Alabama make it look a lot harder than it needs to be? Yeah, the, 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 the stress in the moment definitely overwhelmed them. I mean, you know, you, I think early on, the, the first bad snap, and I think it was a second down, I think the first one was really on the guard because I, I don't think that Milrow was looking – so the snap looked bad. It wasn't nearly as bad as it as it uh, as it looked first on television. Um, but then the follow snap was bad. They go to like third and twenty nine, whatever it was, or fourth and whatever. Um, and then the final play, you know, here here it is, right? It's all on the line. And I think first of all, they have the back open in the flat that I think if Milrow catches it, he could dump it to. Or if it's if it's a complete just pull and read, he panicked. Milrow panics after he gets the ball low. Instead of following his guard, he runs right up the gut, and there's not going to be anything there. It was well blocked, actually well blocked play, um, but the snap and the timing it just uh, it's disappointing to finish in that way. And it's not easy, and I'm not trying to minimize how difficult it is, but uh, it didn't have to be as difficult as it looked last night. Uh, Jeff, does the win for Jim Harbaugh move him closer to staying with Michigan, or move him closer to leaving for the NFL? Oh, I think the NFL. I think that, I think them checkbooks are uh, those ownership checkbooks are opening up. And uh, I think the uh, what he get offered one twenty or something for ten years. I think it'll be one twenty for a lot fewer years uh, for for the, the accomplishment. And, and listen, man, he's been successful in the NFL already. And so you know, you and I both know when, when people see not only can he get you to a Super Bowl, now he's going to play for a national championship. There are very few who can do it that well. Um, and for whether you love him or hate him, the dude wins a lot of games and find ways to win. And uh, you know he's he's uh, he's put himself in that position. If you could place him on any NFL team, Jeff, as Chargers. a head coach, okay, there you go. Chargers I, tomorrow. I mean, you just listen. He you know he's he's already been out in California. He kind of gets it. You know he was he was at Stanford. Then he played. I mean, then with the Forty ers he was successful. Um, kind of know you know just kind of knows the landscape, understands it, understands good quarterback play. Um, and and when you have a guy who has, I mean, for whatever you love or hate the the, the Chargers, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Who in, and they're five hundred. That's just not that ain't gonna get it done, right? You got You got a generational style or type quarterback that's not getting it done. Um, that's that's the type of guy you want to bring in. He's played the position. He understands what's required of it. And again, he puts together great staffs. And uh, so if, if, if you're Spanos, if that family, that's, 
probably the first call you're making. I'm convinced it's done. Like, I'm convinced that... It might be. Because why do the Bears... Why are the reports out there that the Bears are bringing back Eberflus already without ever looking... He ain't like, going to Chicago, bro. Okay, well, yeah. then that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, part yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... He, yeah, he's not going to go to... Yeah, I mean, I, I would... That, that to me, I think I think his he he is looking for or or he would he understands how important a guy who is in his fifth, sixth, seventh type year comfort uh, you know development what he and and listen Herbert's an athletic guy as well. It's not right. like this guy just can't move. So you you're what you watch what McCarthy did last night. You know the quarterback at Michigan. That's that's where I would see him. Um, that, you know, I, I, I think I think it's the Chargers are probably bust for him. I think that would be the best situation, unless some other jobs come open that we're not expecting. Right, so they have a know. number, and then he you know, gets right. that number. So the other quarterback last night that starred was Michael Penix Jr. Ooh. First rounder in your mind? <laughs> Bro, first, first rounder. Tell, tell me a quarterback just played better than no. that. Like, I'm, I'm, and listen, I'm not telling you I'm a, I'm a I'm college expert because I am in no – and I am a Drake May – I'm a Carolina guy. So I've been pulling for Drake May all year, and mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of his football. But I will tell you this. Last night, I have not seen a quarterback in college all season look that good. I think he missed one throw. There was like a tight end or something. Who Devin had, Culp, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the only – and he overthrew him by a yard. I mean, you know what I mean? But that was the only ball – now – their receivers are lights out. I get all those things, but my gosh, I mean, tell me any quarterback that has played better in a bigger moment than last night. There ain't been one, and that dude lit it up. I mean, holy mackerel! If you're if you're a guy who's scouting, I, I'm just telling you, it'd be hard to pass on that guy. And, and first round for sure, but how far he goes up, I don't know. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's a genius until they actually all go play, and then for some reason they, you know, they all become normal. So it's, it's just the way it is. Jeff, uh, I want to switch gears and go to Week 17 around the National Football League. Saturday night, we saw an interesting decision or decisions by Dan Campbell at the end of that game that the Lions had against the Dallas Cowboys. What's your take on that situation? Felt to me like they got a little too cute with Taylor Decker and two other offensive linemen reporting as eligible. But what's your overall take on the situation and the officiating and the penalty that was called? Well, two two things. I think you're right, 100. percent I think he got way too cute, and it and it backfires. And and you know, so unfortunately, the the play that you've designed now goes you know amiss. At that point, I'm kicking the extra point. I mean, you know, you're back. I mean, even when they tried it, when when um, uh, he was off sides. Um, um, Parsons Parsons, Parsons yeah. jumps off sides on the second one. That one's not getting in, and then you do it again. At some point, I would have kicked the extra point. You had great momentum. Your team's playing a great game. You're on the road, and I get everybody's like, "Oh, you know, five yards down there is tight, y'all." Like, like believe whatever you want to believe. Three yards for it's tight down there. It and, and things happen quick. It's easier for the defense to react. They don't have to cover as much ground. It's really congested. Uh, you had a great play design. You used it. It worked. Unfortunately, the play gets called back at that point. I'm, 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 I'm going for the tie, and then let's go. Um, you know, let's let's see if we can get second place in the in the NFC for this run. Uh, and unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. That being said, though, let me say this: his yesterday's comments, I think it was yesterday, were exactly what needs to be said. We are moving forward. I don't care about it. It's over. It's over for our team. We're pushing through this. We're not because that that is exactly what he needs to say and what his team needs to understand. Ain't no nobody feels sorry for you. Nobody cares unless you're a Detroit Lions. Nobody cares, right? Like we have got to move forward because the 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 the, the emotional toll that it takes if you're catching up with calls and did it happen? Did it not happen? 
it just it it exhausts you and and for for no other reason but to be a negative. Let's move forward. Hey, we had a shot, we didn't get it. We're gonna move on and let's go play. Jeff, as a quick follow up to that thing, I, I know that you, your goal is to win games in the National Football League. But was that win a good thing or a bad thing for the Dallas Cowboys? Because it seems like they're locked into the two seed, and right now the Rams are locked into the six seed. That's going to be their first-round opponent. I don't know that that's exactly what Cowboys fans were hoping for. Yeah, I, I, listen, I think it's a huge win for them. And, and I will say, as good as the Rams have played, I'm not, I'm not sure that when, when, if you have to play chase with the Cowboys, which you should if you're playing, or, or they're, they're expecting you to do if they're playing at home, I think the Cowboys are tough. That, is a, that was a huge win for the Cowboys. And let's move back to some refereeing before this. All the stuff that happened really should have never happened because of the tripping call. The Cowboys really won that game even earlier or should have won that game earlier. And we can talk about McCarthy and his bad game calling and whatever, but the tripping thing was 100% not on them. It's on Hutchinson or I think it was Hutchinson, yeah, on that side. Yep. And, you know, that call doesn't get called. It gets called. Man, they they should have won that game. So, you know, however you want to look at it or frame it, I mean, the Cowboys – Everybody wants to just talk trash about the Cowboys. They're the two seed. It's going to be tough to go into Dallas and beat this squad at, at their place. All right, Jeff. Saturday we'll leave the defensive line room, or the offensive line room. <laughs> yeah, and join, and join the QB room at Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> we are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. <laughs> College football national championship, the natty is set between Michigan and Washington. Two undefeated teams, both 14-0, Big Ten, Pac-12 for now. Meeting up in national championship game after Michigan's 27-20 victory over Alabama in overtime. Washington wins 37-31 over Texas last night as both games came down to the final play of the game. Peter Burns is joining us now. He, of course, SEC Network, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM, Channel uh, Channel 80 as well. Um, oh, that's us. You can hear us on Channel 80 here on Sirius XM, and Peter joins us now. Peter, did you have an issue with Alabama's last play? 
Um, I had an issue with about 700 of those plays <laughs> and about 700 of the snaps. I mean, that, I think that's the big thing. Um, you know, Saban talked about that last play or the series in, in overtime right at the end said, listen, we had what we thought was a good look. They took a timeout. We came out. We didn't like the look that we had. Did We took a timeout. At the end of the day, it, it came out that it, it was a horrible snap. And that was something that we saw not only in that game against Michigan, but when I was on the sidelines for the SEC championship game, there was at least seven or eight bad snaps that Jalen Milrow still got away with and Alabama got away with in that, that, that defeat of, uh, of Georgia that got them to the college football playoff. So, Peter, we've been kicking around the idea of Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL, and, and I'm just wondering, does, <laughs> does yesterday's win in the semifinal move him closer to the NFL, or does it move him closer to coming back to Ann Arbor? You know, I, I don't think it mattered either way. And, and what I mean by that is I, I have personally thought, and I said this back in August, that when he came out and he said, listen, I got 20-some-odd guys, right, that, that are NFL, uh, that, that are NFL draft guys, that it kind of signaled to me that he goes, man, this is probably as good of a chance as I ever had. Um, and we've seen it now. He goes out. I mean, you, you beat Ohio State again, right? You, 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 you really almost put Ryan Day on the hot seat coming into next year, especially even after losing the, in the bowl game. Um, and I look at everything that's gone around this program, and then you look at the, the job that uh, Don Yee, that he was hired, you know, the agent that he hired uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, now, the news that just came out that – you know, that, that Schefter and, and Pete Thamel said that he had just hired him. But remember last weekend, there was a 10-year, $125 million offer that was leaked to an NFL reporter. Why do you leak that to an NFL reporter unless you're playing the NFL game? So I'm a firm believer it does not matter that he's headed to the NFL either way. Peter, do you think if Michigan wins a national championship that this will be tainted because of the Connor Stallions of it all uh, during the regular season? You know, it's a great question, Sean. I, I look at this and think – no. And, 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 and I know Paul Feinbaum came out there and says, listen, I'll never look at them in the same way. I, I will always have that kind of wonder in my mind. But you're also talking about ever since Connor Stallions was fired or, and, and the, the other coach was let go, you start looking at it and going, all right, you beat Ohio State. Okay. You won a Big Ten championship. You beat the greatest coach in the history of the game in Alabama uh, out, out in uh, the Rose Bowl. And now if you win one more game, uh, you, you did it. You proved it. I mean, I, again, people will always have that concern of it, but I don't believe that end, ends up being as tainted or as a, a you know an illegal championship. If you can go on this run, you you got an opportunity to play in the tournament and you won it. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you, Peter Burns from the SEC Network, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Michael Penix Jr. last night showed you he could be a top 10 pick first round. What did he show you last night, Peter? Uh, he showed me that as long as you have a mobile quarterback with a cannon, you got a chance, right? Because I thought Texas, you know, top to bottom, I thought Texas was going to win it all, right? I thought Texas was going to win that game. I thought Texas was going to win the national championship. I saw them up close and in person earlier this year in Austin. I said, that's a team that checks all the boxes. And I look at it and go, but there's Michael Penix. And if you have that guy, you have a chance. And again, as much as I, I love Michael Penix, I also want to shift this conversation to, we've talked about Harbaugh, we talked about Sabe and even Sark. Kalen DeBoer and the job that he's done, it's almost criminal, the, the lack of respect and the lack of um, amount of attention that we've given to him and what he's done with this program. 
And oh, and trust me, as an SEC guy, to see a Big Ten versus a future Big Ten uh, team that's playing for a national championship makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth this morning. Yeah, but with the, the shifting landscape and conference realignment, I'm just saying I think SEC is going to be okay getting Texas and Oklahoma. And, I, and that's really what I wanted to ask you about, Peter, yeah. because we, we spent so much time talking. We're going to spend a lot of time focusing on Michigan and Washington, and rightfully so. But I do also want to ask you about Nick Saban. He's 72 years old. Uh, we're seeing how NIL and transfer portal and conference realignment has seemingly balanced the the, the, the the scales and the sure. balance of power, so to speak, when it came to Alabama's dominance over the sport. I, I'm curious from your perspective, are, are we done seeing Nick Saban win national championships? Uh, we're damn near not done because this was arguably one of the worst teams that he's had that's been in national championship hunts, right? And they still, you know, they're play away. Probably a good snap away from playing for another title. So, you know, if all of a sudden we're talking about an eight and five season at the end of the year, all right, then you're thinking, all right, is this kind of Joe Paterno at the end of his career? Is this Bobby Bowden at the end of his career? That ain't the case, right? I mean, you know, when you talk about to Alabama, he's got the same amount of passion that he had since he took over back in what, 2007, 2008. But the thing I look at is, I always wondered would Saban walk away? And because of NIL, because of Transfer Portal, and guys, I think he kind of likes it. I think he's frustrated about it, but it's like when you have a video game that you've been playing and all of a sudden there's a new level and there's a new boss that's really hard to beat. I think he likes that challenge right now, and I think he also wants to see what a 12-team playoff is going to look like, uh, especially even with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league. Peter, just in the immediacy of last night, what do you think this Michigan-Washington National Championship game is going to look like? Do you think we'll have a tightly contested game? Um, I think it's just completely two different styles, right? And I mean, I, I think what, what hurt Alabama is that they did not have the full trust of Jalen Milrow being able to pass the ball. That sure as hell ain't going to be the case for Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix and, and Roma Dunze. So um, I still believe that Michigan... The way that they got, they came through, down seven late into that game, the amount of, of just positive reinforcement and confidence that gives them, it just feels like it's Michigan's world right now. And that's crazy to think about. Who would have thought that, you know, um, the, the 30 for 30 on this team is going to be one of the most interesting ones. that probably be like six-part series this year. <laughs> Peter, let's finish with this. Last night, you would have rather watched the semifinals with Kirby Smart of Georgia or Mike Naravell of Florida State. Oh, my God. Both of them. The open bar would have been there. It would have been incredible. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think Kirby had to, had to turn it off. And, and the reason why is that Kirby Smart and, and Georgia, I felt, was always the best team in the SEC all year long. And they just had that one game. If they play Alabama ten times in the SEC championship, they're winning that game eight. But there's something about Nick Saban, man. And he's got Kirby's number right now, and that's why he's still the GOAT. But he ain't playing for a title coming up next week. Peter, great stuff as always. We do appreciate it. Enjoy your stuff today. SEC Network, obviously. No SEC Ooh. teams in the national championship. First time since 2015. Odd to say it, but obviously a lot of storylines around the SEC today. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to Peter Burns, who, according to CC, will not be able to say that to us tomorrow. So no. uh, we are, no. it's going to be, <laughs> no, gonna no, be no, very no. interesting to see what happens if any callers on the Dr. Prepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN or guests tomorrow wish us a happy New Year. Because CC will sh- rightfully so. Why do you want to continue to invite this? You're keeping you're bringing, keeping this up, and you're bringing this up because you want people to do it. And we're trying to avoid this, Ev. We're trying to avoid this. Why are you doing this? Can I ask one quick question, by the way? What's up? 
Mike Norvell couldn't of Florida State could not have watched that last night and been like, oh yeah, no, we should have been there, right? Like, <laughs> no way in hell, no way. Like, oh, we should have been Kirby. I understand where where Peter was going. Like Kirby's like, okay, come on, we're better than these. I get yeah. why he would say that. Yeah. Norvell could not have said that. I was just night. sitting there thinking about this, like. If you're a Florida State alum or if you're somebody associated with a program, are you sure you want to be in a hurry to go to the SEC? Like, are you sure you want that smoke? Like, is that what you really want after this weekend and seeing how you got trounced by Georgia? You sure you want to sign up for more of that? I I just, I don't know. I'm over it. Next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you as we get ready for a Michigan-Washington National Championship game coming up on Monday. Pat Costello, our producer, is over everything in the world of sports, entertainment, and life. <laughs> what do you have for us today, Pat? Hello. Well, speaking of Michigan, I'd actually like to cede uh, my time to the gentleman from Michigan who's uh, had some things going well for him. But, Javante, how are your Pistons doing, buddy? Oh, no. Time for the most exciting Pistons fan in the entire NBA to tell you what he saw last night. It's Javante's Detroit Pistons second. So, Javante, what happened? Well, while you three were going, the Pistons continue to lose up until Saturday, tying the all-time record. But don't worry, last night they got back on track with losing. <laughs> I, think his, I think his second was too long. I, th- I like what he just does. We lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to update you. You guys yeah, have been have, away. We've been away, so he had to update us that yeah. they, you know, they won and now they lost again. All right, thank you, Javante. Back to you, Pat. Uh, people who don't like the college football overtime—it's the best and most exciting overtime in all of sports. Uh, the NFL should absolutely adopt it, and I don't get why anyone is hating on it today at all. I'm with How you. How could you be opposed to the college football overtime? Yeah, it's, great. It, it's like every everybody gets a chance. You have an opportunity. One team gets the ball first, then the other team gets the ball. If you got to go to a second overtime, you both have a chance to possess the ball. I don't understand it. Like it's 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 not as good as opposed to what? I, I, it makes no sense to me. Uh, I'm with you on this one, Pat. If you're saying that you don't like the college football overtime, then you're just saying something to say something about it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys because I think it actually has a little bit of everything. Like, it counters every argument. There are many people that say, oh, like, oh I don't like a shootout or, or penalty kicks because it's not real soccer or hockey. Yeah. This is real football. Oh, well, both teams don't get the ball. Both teams get the ball here. Yes. Like, this has a little bit of everything. It's just the yard line you start at is different than maybe what you normally would start at, but big deal. Both teams are starting at the same yard line. It's real football. I think it's great. I think it's perfect, and I, I think it builds the suspense, too. I, I think if you're hating on that, you're just a hater, period. Because I thought it was outstanding last night. Next one, Pat. I would like to this, uh, speak to the manager of my brain, because I keep having bizarre nightmares. Like, I could, it could be anything, right? Your brain can do whatever it wants in the middle of the night. I could be eating lunch with, like, Babe Ruth and Michael Jordan. Instead, I'm on... I'm like getting chased around by my former math teacher in a mall near where I grew up with an axe. Like what's happening in my brain? Uh, and I'm over it. Well, let's bring in the manager of your brain right now. Nuno. <laughs> yeah. You're not putting that on me. Who's <laughs> <laughs> getting chased? What did you do to your math teacher? That, yeah. I don't know. That, I just... Wait, hold on. You're getting chased in an empty mall. You said by your math teacher with, with an, an axe. axe? Correct. Well, how did you, you know, do it? How did you do in me. that class? Not, I mean, not not great, not bad. Did you have beef with that teacher? No, I really liked him. He was a great guy. Huh? I know. I need to speak to a manager. It's ridiculous. Pat, as your manager, uh, I suggest you take advantage of all the, you know, EAP and the type of stuff that we have to offer. You need help. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, he really went to manager Nuno. That's that's Muno. We have Fluno, yeah. Florida Nuno. We have oh Nino. We have the the guy who got pampered, and now we have Muno, manager Nuno. But you know, there are people out there that are dream interpreters that would take what Pat just shared with us that and can't say, be a high "Oh, that job. that means that you're stressed out about your taxes or whatever it is." Hmm. There's some sort of interpretation of that dream. If you interpret dreams, uh, give us a call eight 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 C is P. Oh my God! On the Dr Pepper call line, call us there. ESPN Nation presented by Dr Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious. Of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Well done, Nuno. Uh, what does Patch Dream mean that he's being chased around by his math teacher with an axe in an empty mall? What grade was was this math teacher Good teaching? Follow you? up, Smalls. I think ninth. What does that tell you, Smalls? Uh, that it's his freshman year, and mm. that maybe because we're entering a new year, he somehow stressed out about the the finances heading into the new year. Math, freshman year. Wrong. Okay. I don't think it's finances. I think when he thinks back to starting new, he thinks to ninth grade, the first year of high school, and that is the memory of starting new with that guy. But clearly it's a bad memory if this teacher is chasing him with an axe through a mall. I'm thinking mall, consumerism, shopping, axe, problematic. Mm. I'm stressed. <laughs> CC, would you like to try to interpret this? I, I, have no, I, I don't think I have anything. To, I'm just sitting here thinking about this, though. Like the math teacher is trying to teach Pat fractions by cutting them in half. I just, I don't, 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 I don't understand how, how his Wait, math teacher. No, you do understand. Here in high school is a part of this. Wait a I'm second. I'm afraid of fractions. Wait a second. <laughs> CC is actually a dream interpreter. Who knew this? That actually. He's thinking about fractions, how difficult fractions were, and thus the guy is trying to chop up Pat to teach him fractions. Which, by the way, I work with my son, who's 10, on fractions. My wife does it more. But I work with my son on fractions. They're impossible. 
absolutely impossible. Do we need fractions? No. Aren't we past that? Well, that's uh, not, like not going to help my, my wife and I getting <laughs> well, my I'm, son's homework. I'm, so, I'm sorry to your son. Sorry to your son for saying this. But in a calculator world, in a digital world, who is really using fractions okay, in their adult smalls, life? Smalls, you're not helping with anything right now. Well, I'm over fractions. He's I'm never over use all any this of that. math that we had to take as children that stressed, stressed me out. It stressed Pat out. He's dreaming in nightmares about it as an adult. And for what? When do we ever use fractions in You're the real world? right. But again, my wife and I every night have to help my son get his homework done. That You're, sounds like a you problem, Evan. Yeah. No, but it's I, every, I'm with on, I'm with on this one. Like fractions, a letter equaling a number. Right. It just makes no sense. Don't I don't. I don't think we needed to do any of this stuff. We don't need it, guys. Don't, no, we don't. did not need it. You know, I don't use AI. it in my day to day life. We have AI now. We don't need exactly. fractions. We're good. Please don't get it twisted. I agree with everything you're saying, but I can't say that to a ten year old. Like, oh, just Google it for your homework. <laughs> When's he ever going to use the quadratic equation? Anyway? I agree with you guys, right, but what right. am I supposed to do? Next one, Pat. Uh, last one. I can't believe how quick we are to say that Nick Saban just won't win a title again when he was already this close to winning one. There are way more coaches in college football that I do not believe can actually win a, a title either again or for the first time. Dabo Sweeney, Brian Kelly, Marcus Freeman, Ryan Day, James Franklin, Lincoln Riley. Don't believe in any of them more than Nick Saban. Agreed. Yeah, but all of them have more runway than Nick Saban. He's 72 years old. He's going to coach until he's 100? Who's the oldest coach to win a national championship in college football? Like, I, I, like it was, was it Bobby Bowden? I, I, just, I, he was, I think he was in his 60s. I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not trying to disrespect what Nick Saban has been able to accomplish. But, I mean, outside of what he did a couple of years ago, I mean, you're, you're talking about, like, this probably being the beginning of the end and this being his last best chance to get it done with everything that's happening with NIL and Transfer Portal and conference realignment. That's all I'm saying. I got one additional I'm over it, if I could add. Please. When you text somebody for the first time, put your name in it. If you've never texted before, you got to do the, hi, I'm, hey, Michelle, hey, Chris, it's Evan. If you've never texted before, my wife got a text from somebody. She has no idea who it is. All week, she was trying to figure out who the text was from because it was very specific to the kids. Don't you think the first time you text somebody, you put your name in there? Why didn't she ask who it was? Yeah, I would just be That's like, a hey, great question. hey, got a new phone. Who is this? No, no, I think she, <laughs> she did. That's not my point. But why are you putting it back on the person? Like, I just think if you're going to text somebody for the first time, put your name in it. That's it. I'm over when people do that. They don't put their name in it. That's no. fair. Yeah, thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. I think that is fair, but sometimes they assume you have their number because you have maybe corresponded before and you didn't save the number. But not if you don't text. That's true. What's this a person whose number she should have already had? No. No, they've never corresponded before. Okay. Never. Well, then how did this person get her number? Uh, That I have no idea about. You're asking more questions than I asked on this already. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just saying that if you're texting for the first time, I mean, come on. Just put your name in it. Again, uh, as Nuno has asked for, we're looking for people to interpret Pat's dream of running around a mall, an empty mall, being asked, uh, being chased around by a math teacher with an axe. That's wild. <laughs> eight eight ESPN. Wow. We've all eight been there. 729-3776. All right, coming up. Alabama, last play has been debated a ton. CC will tell you why that play was not the most important play in that game. Next, it's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.